It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mopey. Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 834 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, November the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors as well. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please leave ratings, reviews, subscriptions, all that stuff. It's very much appreciated. When you go ahead and do that, it takes no time at all, and it's free to do, and it helps us out quite a bit. So thank you in advance, and be sure to uh, also check out all the other Locked Locked On shows for you as well on covering all the teams that you like in the big four sports. College basketball is heating up as well, so you get the college shows going strong, previewing that side of things as they attempt to get that season off the ground despite a whole lot of COVID. Not surprisingly that the NCAA is letting people down. Go listen to how the NCAA is letting everybody down over on our college shows. They're doing a great job covering everything going on over there in the NCAA. All right, on today's show, it is, uh, it's just me today kind of going through some news and notes. Um, Dewan Hernandez is no longer a member of the Toronto Raptors, waived yesterday, so we'll dive into what that means and the very, very brief stint that Dewan Hernandez spent with the Toronto Raptors, and I guess kind of a, I don't know, a, a bit of a reminder, a bit of a coming back to earth for the Raptors when it comes to developing dudes who maybe are a little bit under the radar going into the draft process. They don't always work out, as it turns out, and uh, did not work out with Dewan Hernandez. We'll get into that and why it did not work out. And why I'm a little surprised by the move in just a sec, we are also going to talk about Terrence Davis, whose contract guarantees two days from now, and honestly, I hope he's not on the team when we speak next on Monday. 
We will address why I think he's still probably going to be on the team when we talk next on Monday, but get into why he should not be. I think I've sort of rehashed my feelings on this situation a few times, but it can't hurt to say it again because uh, it's it's a very important thing to be talking about. So we will get to Terrence Davis in segment two. And we have a listener question as well in the final part of the show. So we'll get to that. It has to do with Norman Powell and trades, baby. So we'll get into that. And also, I'm starting a new thing on today's podcast from now until Christmas Look, there's a lot of not very good stories going on right now, particularly about one particular local business in Toronto that sucks. And I thought, why do we spend so much time talking about one jackass when we can highlight a lot of the local businesses that are being disenfranchised by the government right now, not being paid to shut down, not really being taken care of by the government as they try to control the spread of COVID. And, you know, with all of the super rich billionaires out there getting super duper rich off of the pandemic, this seems like a really good time, a really good year to support local in your holiday shopping. And so every day on the show from now until the end of the holiday season, we are going to highlight one local business that someone, a listener of the show has sent in uh, that is worthy of highlighting and we're going to give them a shout. So that'll be at the end of every show for the next month or so. Stick around for the end to hear which business I'll talk about today. Uh, they're all going to be really good. So uh, I, I hopefully this offers a little bit of help to those places and uh, give them your money and your support and your patronage because they deserve it more than Jeff Bezos. Anyway, let's get to today's podcast. Dewan Hernandez, he is no longer a member of your Toronto Raptors. Released yesterday, waived before his guaranteed date of the 29th on Sunday, same day as Terrence Davis. Bit of a surprise move, honestly. We know, obviously, the last week has kind of filled out the center depth chart. A week ago today, when we were all in our uh, most panicked state of free agency, Dewan Hernandez was the number one center on the Raptors' depth chart, which was crazy. Obviously, the signing of Chris Boucher, as well as Aaron Baines and Alex Len changes that, and he was obviously pushed right down the depth chart, and... Even with that, I thought there was a place for Dewan Hernandez on this year's team. As we've kind of talked about with Chris Boucher, he's more of a four than he is a five, and he offers a bit of insulation to Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi in the forward spots more than he really offers, you know, meaningful center minutes. And with Baines and Len, you know, not really ever shouldering that huge a burden at center, in particular Baines, who has only averaged over 20 minutes a game once in his career and has been quite hurt over the last few years as well, and is 34 years old this season, as well as Len, who, you know, he's a seven-footer, he's you're not really going to ask Alex Len to play 30 minutes or anything like that. I thought there would be some room for Dewan Hernandez to get into the lineup this season just as a bit of a, a guy who could spell those other centers. Maybe those guys aren't looking particularly good. Maybe one's out for the game, whatever it might be. Dewan Hernandez getting some backup minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, seemed like a kind of likely possibility this season in what is very much a, you know, let's see what we got kind of year for the Raptors. Obviously, the Raptors have determined that they don't really see much of a future for Dewan Hernandez. And look, far be it for me to question the judgment of the Raptors front office. And I'm sure they've seen enough to say maybe this is just not going to be the guy. And it's not surprising, frankly, that he has not progressed to the point where the Raptors are comfortable going forward with him. I would have liked to have seen him on the team, but he hasn't played basketball for two years, essentially. He only played six games last season for the Raptors, all in garbage time, and then only a handful of games with Raptors 905 because he was injured, I believe, with a recurring ankle injury that just would not go away. 
And it's unfortunate for Hernandez, of course, who was jerked around by the NCAA in his final season of college eligibility and so missed that entire season and obviously was behind the eight ball coming in and was honestly a surprise pick at 59, it seemed. It seemed like he was probably going to go undrafted in the 2019 draft. And there just was not much of a chance for him to really carve out any sort of role ever, even with the G League because of the injury. You know, had he gotten some run with the 905 and, you know, was able to show what he had done, maybe the Raptors don't feel compelled to go out, uh, Raptors 905 that is, don't feel compelled to go out and trade for a Henry Ellenson who ended up being sort of a 30-plus minute a game big man for that team. And DeJuan Hernandez might have gotten some run there. He might have been the starter by the end of the season. Who knows? The injury obviously betrayed him there and didn't allow him to get that run. And with the sort of compiling of centers in the Raptors front court and also the lack of likely G League time this season, I do kind of understand moving on from Dewan Hernandez. Just he was never going to play. And, you know, as much as I wouldn't have minded seeing him get in there, I totally understand why Nick Nurse would also be a little bit hesitant to play a guy who's barely played a game in two years uh, right into the lineup for a team that, even though they maybe took a step back, are still expected to be quite good and to be in a playoff race. So it's disappointing for sure. It sucks for Dewan Hernandez. I don't know where he goes from here. You know, I would imagine he'll latch on with some G League team, maybe get a two-way somewhere. Maybe he goes to Europe. I don't know. But I had a lot of hope for him. You know, the Raptors have this sort of mysticism when it comes to prospects, and it kind of makes you believe that anybody can become good under the Raptors' tutelage. And I think this is a pretty good reminder that a lot of these things are are, are crapshoots, right? You can you know do all the scouting you want on a guy and, and think you've picked up a guy in, in Hernandez who kind of flashed some really nice skills. He was pretty soft-handed, moved pretty well for a big man, had a couple flashes in Summer League that I thought were really exciting and kind of got me, uh, my interest peaked a little bit in terms of what he might be able to do down the line. But it's just, you know, the development curve is not the same for everybody. The Raptors, as much as they try to, to be this franchise that is constantly churning out extra talent, you're not going to hit on every single person. You know, they, they didn't hit on a Bruno Caboclo, for example. There have been second rounders they've missed on in the past as well. DeAndre Daniels, a couple others here and there. It happens. And with the 59th pick, you can never get too excited or expect anything, really which I think it will probably be a good reminder for people when it comes to Jalen Harris at twenty nine at 59 this year that, yeah, you know, he might turn into something, but it's far more likely that he will not, and that is not some indictment of the Raptors or organization or the development staff or anything like that. It's just not every prospect is cut out for it. So a shame to see Dewan Hernandez go. He will go down as uh, one of the more fleeting Raptors in history, barely got any run, and will be along the lines of like a Garth Joseph and uh, Ed Stokes and a bunch of dudes who played a handful of games and then were gone from the earlier times of the Raptors. We haven't seen many of these guys in recent years where they stick around for a year and, you know, kind of disappear. Usually the Raptors are invested in these guys to turn them into something. So uh, a bit of a, a strange and sad end for Dewan Hernandez. I was building Dewan Hive before the season. Uh, I think I said in my ranking every Raptor column uh, last month or earlier this month that I thought Dewan Hernandez was going to have the, one of the biggest jumps of anybody on the team in the overall rankings in Raptors history just by the virtue of getting some run with Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol potentially leaving. Obviously not the case. I was quite wrong there, and he is no longer with the team. Speaking of players who are no longer with the team, or who should be no longer with the team, that is, Terrence Davis. Uh, we'll get to Terrence Davis and his situation with his contract guaranteeing on Sunday in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which right now has a wonderful 
Black Friday offer for you to take advantage of over at BuiltBar.com. Of course, you know, Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar on the market. They're delicious. They taste really, really good, and they feel good in your mouth, not like a gritty, sandy, disgusting mess. They just taste like a chocolate bar, and it's fantastic. And of course, you also know that they're quite healthy for you as well. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for keto diets. And right now, with that lovely Black Friday offer I told you about, they have a couple new flavors for you to try. Introducing the all new white chocolate bar, the white chocolate cookies and cream, and the white chocolate salted caramel varieties are now available for you to try. White chocolate cookies and cream, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, and the white chocolate salted caramel, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein and just four grams of sugar and also right now when you make an order over at builtbar.com you get two free candy cane brownie bars with every item purchase and let me tell you if it tastes anything like the mint brownie that's going to be one of the best flavors they have because the mint brownie rules the candy cane brownie has 150 calories 17 grams of protein seven grams of sugar and right now when you go to builtbar.com you're going to get 25 percent off of all products all weekend long Plus, don't forget to use the code LOCKED to get an extra percent off your order when you go to BuiltBar.com. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED, 25% off for Black Friday. Go check it out. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, before we move on to Terrence Davis, just to run a remind you to go back and listen to some of the shows from earlier this week. We had the Serge Ibaka Fantasy Draft on Wednesday. We chatted with Kevin Weiss from Locked On Rays about Tampa Bay as the Raptors' new home on Tuesday. Monday, we also had Joe Wolf on Don to dive into the departure of Marc Gasol, the signing of Aaron Baines, DeAndre Bembry, the Chris Boucher contract, all of that. So go listen to the previous shows from this week if you have not yet checked them out. All right, Terrence Davis. So Davis, as you know, as I've said on this podcast, said it before, his contract guarantees on November the 29th for one point five million dollars for the 2020-2021 season uh davis currently is facing seven charges uh two counts of assault harassment and endangering the welfare of a child criminal mischief uh for an alleged domestic dispute with a woman uh where his child was present and that took place on october the 30th uh i'm not surprised the Raptors have not really done anything to speak on this at all. They released a statement saying we take it seriously, yada, yada, yada. Not much of a, a declarative statement one way or another. Not terribly surprising. It's disappointing, obviously, that teams are so wishy-washy with these types of things. But it's kind of the standard practice at this point. So I'm going to be cynical about it until teams give me a reason not to be. Uh, you know, I, I've made my feelings pretty clear on this. I don't think Terrence Davis should be on the Raptors going forward. I think... 
you know, the, the, the severity of the claims, the severity of the police report, the graphic nature of the police report to me is more than enough cause to move on from Terrence Davis. Yes, there is due process. There is going to the courts. There is judges and juries and all of this stuff. But that does not apply to getting to play for a basketball team. This is not a court of law. There's a reason there's due process in a court of law, because if you're proven guilty, your liberties as a citizen are very much impacted. Not getting to play for a basketball team is not the same as having your liberties as a civilian impacted by being proven guilty of a crime. It's entirely different. People get released from basketball teams for all sorts of reasons all the time. Dewan Hernandez just got released from a basketball team for not being very good at basketball, and that is a more than justifiable reason in basketball. Terrence Davis obviously is a good player. He was an all-rookie second-team player last season, but... There is more than enough cause right now based on the charges against him, based on the severity, and based on the fact that more often than not, and in fact an incredible majority of the time, women do not lie about domestic cases like this. There is no incentive to lie about something as severe as this and as detailed and specific as this. And because of the severity, it just feels to me like Terrence Davis is someone the Raptors should not be a part, be, be party to. It should, they should not be associated with him anymore. Look, maybe the court case goes through and he's proven or, or, or it comes out that he's innocent or the, the thing gets settled out of court, whatever it might be. You know, we see this all the time with domestic cases. It's tough to try these things because there's lots of interpersonal dynamics at play. We've seen a lot of domestic cases where it seems pretty implicit that something bad went down that gets settled out of court or doesn't even go through because charges get dropped or whatever. That doesn't mean the thing didn't happen. It just means it didn't go all the way through the court process. This happened with James Johnson, for example, where he had a domestic dispute. He was not charged or, or he was not proven guilty or anything like that. Charges were dropped. The thing was settled out of court. And so it's just I, I, I get the compulsion to want to see the process through to the end. To me, that it's entirely a different standard for civilian in regular society and their liberties being at stake and a guilty verdict versus a, 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 a guy playing for a basketball team and whether his contract is going to be guaranteed or not. Perhaps he gets a second chance for some other team, gets to prove he's a changed person, whatever it might be down the line. It should not be with the Toronto Raptors. If you're caught up in something like this, you should not be on the basketball team. And I think the the right move here is for the Raptors to just non-guarantee his contract on the 29th, move on from him, and just continue on and say that's a shame. You know, it, it, it's a bummer to lose a guy that good, but the talent of the player, as our friend Katie Heindel has written, the talent, the stats, they don't matter in a case like this. It's the victim and the person who has been wronged that actually matter in these cases, and that often gets overlooked because we're sort of sitting there weighing how good the basketball player is. It should not matter, and Terrence Davis, I think there's enough against him right now in terms of the allegations where he should not be on the team. That said, I don't think we're going to see his contract be non-guaranteed on the 29th. I think the Raptors will guarantee it. I think they'll go forward. His next court date is December 11th, where we might get some more clarity on the direction this case is going to take, and I really do feel like the Raptors, because of the talent of Terrence Davis, and it sucks to say... But I do think that they're going to see this through and let the courts do their job. And again, I don't agree with it. But if you look at the history of how other franchises have worked, this is usually how things go. Eric Kareen wrote about this in The Athletic as well. If you want to go read about that from someone who's far smarter than me, 
it feels like the Davis thing will extend into the season. And then once we get some more clarity on what actually happened that day with Terrence Davis and the woman involved, then we might see the Raptors move on. But I don't think it's going to be on November 29th. I think we're going to wait till the courts take a look at it and then decide from there. Because, frankly, if you're looking at this from a very cynical way, the one and a half million dollars that they would incur if they had to weigh him, uh, wave him in the middle of the season, it's not that big a hit to the team. They'll be fine financially if they have to if they have to waive him after the season to start after his guarantee date. That that it's. It sucks, but because it's not a huge penalty, it's not a $20 million contract or whatever, I think it makes their decision-making a little different and that they're going to just see this out and you know try to salvage Terrence Davis as a member of the team as much as I disagree with that. I think that's what's going to happen. And, you know, the Raptors have a checkered history with this with this kind of thing. You know, they like to preach, and I do believe that they preach very good values and they believe the right things and they stand for the right things more often than not, but... You know, they've had cases in the past, like James Johnson, where they signed him after his first, you know, between his first and second stints with the Raptors. He had the domestic case that was against him, and they signed him after it took place. They signed Jared Sullinger when there were some allegations against him as well. And then they had Kay Felder on the team where they actually did release him pretty much as soon as he was charged with domestic violence. That was a good sign, but it was Kay Felder. He was a nothing player on the G League team that didn't really factor into the team's plans in the way that Terrence Davis clearly does. I mean, the dude was in the jersey promo, the, the posing in one of the jerseys for the team. That's how much they seem to be hitching their wagon to him being part of the future. And I'm sure that's also part of the sort of delay here as much as, again, that shouldn't matter. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here and, and, and think of, to myself, why has there been no action on this? He's part of the PR for the team coming this coming season. He's part of the photo ops. He's part of everything. And that is going to, unfortunately, be part of the calculus of, the, of their decision. So basically, in summation, I don't think he should be on the team after Sunday. He probably will be on the team after Sunday for business reasons. And that's unfortunate. And if the Raptors really do profess to be a zero-tolerance organization they will have Terrence Davis no longer on the team as of Sunday. I don't think that's going to take place. But we will keep an eye on it, obviously. We'll react to it on Monday, whatever does go down there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will see through the the business reasons not to do it and just look at the moral reasons to do it and say, all right, your contract's no longer guaranteed. You're probably going to go sign with some other team that doesn't care about this stuff. Probably the Miami Heat and play with Kendrick Nunn for all we know. And you'll you'll go ahead and you you get your second chance or whatever it's going to be. But I, I don't believe the second chance to be should be with the Raptors. And I'll leave that there for now. Uh, coming up in just a second, we're going to dive into a listener question that came in uh, about Norman Powell and trade talk and whether or not he is a trade piece for good reasons or for just sort of make a trade to make a trade reasons. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, a reminder to go and check out Locked on NBA every single day of the week, five days a week across the board with the local experts of the Locked on Podcast Network teaming up to talk about the biggest stories in the league. Great interviews. Josh Lloyd on Mondays talking with the various local hosts covering the biggest stories in the NBA. All that goes down on Locked on NBA five days a week and subscribe, rate and review wherever you get this podcast. You can also do that with Locked On NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we have reached the final segment of the show, and we are going to dive into a listener question from J.D. Carante, who is a writer for Raptors HQ. He asks, are we talking ourselves into a Norman Powell trade because his contract is easily tradable, or are we just ready to move on from him? I don't really feel comfortable with the whole we thing here. It's kind of a collective we that might be a bit of a straw man. You know, I've seen some talk about a Norm trade, you know, moving on from him at some point this year on the timeline and stuff like that. I don't think it's been a prevailing conversation or anything like that. But I don't I do think it's natural. I mean, Raptors fans, everyone loves the trade machine. It's not just Raptors fans, it's NBA fans. The trade industrial complex has taken over. The trade machine is everybody's favorite website and everyone has a bookmark and it and it's a constant sort of source of hypothetical roster baiting, right? And you know, there's some obviously compelling reasons to potentially look at a Norman Powell trade. You know, he has a mid-sized contract, which is obviously very important in these types of moves to match salary. If you're going to get a good player in, you need a big salary to go out. And Norm Powell offers that, especially when you package that salary together with the centers they just signed and Chris Boucher and Aaron Baines. You know, that gets you up to, what is it, like $23 million or something after you add those three together. That's pretty substantial if you want to make a big in-season move for a piece that you think can put you over the top. So I get where that's coming from. I don't necessarily think the Raptors need to be trading Norm Powell, though. He's a very effective player doing what he does. Yes, he's got his limitations. Yes, he has his inconsistencies. But if he was anything like he was last year, if he plays anything like like he was last year in this coming season, he's probably going to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He's probably going to close a lot of games for the Raptors in that small lineup they used regularly against the Boston Celtics. And he offers something the Raptors desperately need, which is just... You know, quick fire offense. The Raptors are a team that don't have a ton of creation, a ton of guys who can beat their man off the bounce. Norm Powell has the fastest first step on the entire team, and he got really good last year at driving and finishing through traffic, which is something the Raptors lack sorely. If you're going to trade him, you better be getting something that can replicate that back in a deal. And, you know, I think a lot of the time you'll you'll start to think about trades and hypothetical moves. And I think last year in particular, one that was thrown around a lot was like Norm Powell for Bogdan Bogdanovich as a rental. And, you know, in theory, hey, that's a great move. But really, is it that much of an upgrade? And is it worth moving on from a guy, Norm Powell, who you've invested a lot into, who has a reasonable contract, who is part of the culture of the team, was part of the championship team? Is it really worth moving on from a guy like that for a rental or, or whatever it's going to be? And guess what? If Norm Powell is involved in a trade this season, it will be for a rental. The Raptors are not trading for money that goes beyond the 2021 season. That is entirely would, would entirely run counter to what their entire plan has been this offseason. And I think you're kidding yourself if you think you're going to f- feature Norm Powell in a deal to get a guy whose money goes into 2023. That's just not how the Raptors seem to be plotting this out. And I thought Daniel Hackett, who was always a good voice of reason when it comes to trades and machinations and the salary cap on Raptors Internet, he pointed out in a thread last night that, you know, trading Norm, it does make sense in theory, considering, you know, there's a potential that he's an expiring contract. If he plays like he did last season and people get paid the way they did this offseason, despite the limited available cap space, Norm stands to make a pretty ample chunk of change next summer if he opts out of his $11.6 million deal, I believe it is, for next season, the 2021-22 season, and he figures to make a lot of money. If that happens, you know, <laughs> that that is... 
Honestly, it makes things easier for the Raptors. Having Norm Powell opt out helps free up that cap space that has been so coveted for the Raptors and helps create even more flexibility. So I don't think the Raptors would necessarily be upset if Norm Powell even opted out. And as Hackett pointed out, even if he does opt out, there's still flexibility there for the Raptors to potentially bring him back. If they lose out on Giannis, they don't get their plan A taken care of, and they miss out on their plan B, which could be like a Rudy Gobert or something like that, and they opt to, you know, to kind of run it back once again, you can just re-sign Norm. You'll have his bird rights, and that's great. And that offers flexibility that you're not really going to get if you trade him for somebody else. So, you know, I think people get so in love with the idea of trades, and I think people, you know, with Norm in particular, there's, I guess there's a bit of fatigue with Norm, although I don't understand why there would be fatigue after last season. Yes, he had his inconsistencies in the playoffs, but they don't win Game 6 against Boston, one of the best playoff wins in Raptors history, without Norm Powell scoring 15 points in overtime, and I, they don't go into this season with as good a shot as they do of finishing with home court advantage in the first round without the scoring that Norm theoretically provides off the bench so there's no reason to be sick of norm just yet if he comes out and plays like it's 2018 again this coming season then yeah sure but then his trade value is diminished right it's just it's it feels to me if you're concocting a norm powell trade it feels like a trade just for the sake of making a trade and kind of missing the very real value he provides doing the thing that he does well to a raptors team that exactly needs that thing that he does well so no i don't think norm's going to get traded this year and no i don't think it's necessary to trade him and i think yeah, it, it, the reason people, quote-unquote, we, <laughs> as the as the Royal Raptors internet, are, are maybe sort of hypothetically thinking about a norm trade is because it's an easy contract to throw into a deal, and not necessarily because, you know, there's fatigue or anything like that. It's just people like to do trades for the sake of doing trades. So no, I don't think Norm's getting dealt, and I don't think it'd be a great idea for him to be dealt, frankly, uh, this coming season anyway. So that is where I will leave things in today's episode. I want to thank JD for sending that on in. And before we go, let's do it. The first local business in Toronto that I want to shout out for the work that they do. This was sent in by, excuse me, while I look back through my DMs for who this was sent in by. This was sent in by Masai Crush Mondays, the very first person to get in touch with me after I put out the call for people to send in local businesses that people should be checking out and patronizing during this very trying time. And the first local business of the day on Locked On Raptors is, drumroll please, it is Tandem Coffee at 368 King Street East. It is a little coffee shop run by a couple that apparently are a pair of huge Raptors fans, so shout out to them. And per Maasai Crush Mondays at Toronto Takes, they make damn good coffee. So shout out to Tandem Coffee. Go check them out. 368 King Street East in Toronto. And you can also find them on Twitter at Tandem Toronto, where uh, I'm sure they'll be posting plenty of updates on the stuff they got cooking over there. So again, Tandem Coffee, big shout out to them. If you have a local business you want me to shout out over the course of the next month here on the podcast, please get in my mentions. I have a list of about 13 or 14 right now, so I could use a few. I think there'll be 20 shows between today and the end of the month. So uh, send them on in and I will get your shout outs for the local businesses that you care about if you own one or if you just have a friend or someone that you patronize quite a bit that you want shouted out please let me know at restaurants coffee shops clothing stores boutique shops whatever it might be send it on in all right that's going to do it for today's show thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you again on monday i think on monday i'm going to start looking into you know with training camp i believe starting on tuesday 
I think we're going to start looking into some of the pressing questions for the upcoming season for the Toronto Raptors, dive into, you know, lineup stuff and uh, starters and closers and, you know, different little questions that we have about the team, the ascent of Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Can Fred Van Vliet improve upon his deficiencies to become a more well-rounded, you know, floor operator? We'll get into all of that in the coming weeks here on the podcast as we are apparently like three and a half weeks away from basketball actually happening, which is bonkers, but it's very exciting. So uh, that'll do it for today. We'll check in with you again on Monday, of course, and we will talk to you again then with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Now go and check out Locked on NBA to close out your week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.